Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding, Ken's Movie Review Edition. This week I'm back with a review of Crimes of Grindelwald. Out in theaters now! Hooray! All of you Harry Potter fans are probably as excited as I am in uh, being able to see another installment of this particular uh, geek fest. (laughs) A lot of fun. Um, As always, we'll begin the review by deciding whether or not it's something that you should probably see in the theater, whether it's something you should wait for to see on streaming, or whether it's something to ignore completely. After that, we will get into the spoiler heavy bit where we use my patented scientific, not really system to divide everything into little itty bitty bits, little bits that you can eat. Maybe not eat, but you know, snack on something before dinner. Uh, That will consist of going over cast, which is worth up to 20 points, director and editing worth up to 20 points, costuming and props worth up to 10, location up to 10, cinematography up to 20, plot and writing up to 20, and the potential for bonus points. Okay, so before we get into that, just generally, if you are a fan of the Harry Potter movies, or more specifically, the uh, Fantastic Beasts franchise that started already. This is definitely something you should see in the theaters. If you are a fan of uh, fantasy, that sort of thing, it's probably something you should see in the theaters. Uh, But just generally, uh, the way that this particular film was put together, it looks, you know, obviously I don't have anything to compare it against yet, but it seems that it is something that is meant to be seen in the theater, something that will look better there rather than on your own personal system at home. Um, if, however, you are not of any of those predispositions, it's probably something that you can wait to see on streaming. But generally speaking, it is a fun romp, uh, even if it's maybe not the next Academy Award winner. Um, so that's the kind of general, uh, the general feel that I would say is appropriate for this film before we get into taking everything apart. So as always, spoilers ahead if you have not seen this. So let's get into it at the very beginning with the cast. Obviously, the vast majority of people that were in the previous, um, Beast's film uh, reprised the roles in this current film, with a few uh, exceptions, uh, like Colin Farrell, obviously did not come over for this film, which is probably my biggest disappointment as I'm a fan of Colin Farrell's work in general, and I really wish they would have found a way to leave him as Grindelwald, uh, even if it just was some sort of makeup, CGI, whatever. Um, I thought his performance really stole the show in in the previous movie and uh and i really wish to see him back nothing against johnny depp i like johnny depp uh he tends to be the guy you go to uh the guy that you get when you want something a little weirder but i i don't think he has as nuanced a performance as colin farrell uh had in the previous uh incarnation I mean, it's, it's not to say that it's bad, but it's more kind of must, mustache-twirling kind of villain. It's, it, it kind of harkens back to the, old, uh, to the older 1950s-style villains that you would get in movies um, in a lot of ways for me. Uh, and it kind of makes sense in certain respects considering the subject matter of the film uh, and the time frame that the film is taking place in. But still... Um, it, it, you could kind of almost uh, connect 
with the characters presented in the first film, and I didn't get that in this particular film. I don't know if that's writing. I don't know if that's Depp's choice of uh, the way that he's approaching the performance, but something in there was just lost for me. Um, so you've got uh, uh, Kevin Guthrie as Abernathy. Um, he was also in the previous film. That was uh, slightly surprising to me. I, I feel terrible because I did not remember him. <laughs> uh, it's a small part, admittedly, uh, and he had a small part in this film, but an important one. And I just, uh, I usually watch the previous movie before I go to see the sequel. I didn't have time to do that before this particular film. So I just did not remember him being in the previous film. Um, and I'm going to apologize in advance. We've got, uh, I always just mangle names and I, I feel terrible about it, but, um, uh, Carmen Ajogo, um, reprising, uh, her role, uh, as Pickery, uh, Serafina Pickery. Uh, she did wonderfully, uh, just like before. I mean, again, not, not an enormous role, but, uh, what was there, she did quite well. Uh, Eddie Redmayne reprising Newt. Uh, now kind of an interesting note for those that don't know, uh, one of the previous films that he was in was the theory of everything i cannot speak today the theory of everything uh, uh stephen hawking uh biopic that was made and that was really very good uh kind of uh you can see a certain range that 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 he is able to achieve between different characters and maybe it's just kind of one of those things again going the, the quirky side of things but i think he's done very well with this particular character so far and i'm pretty happy with it you have Zoe Kravitz uh, as a Lidl Estrange, which is <clears throat> a bit of a uh, one of the newer additions for this particular film. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is kind of getting some uh, major geek cred under her belt. I mean, she was in Divergence. She was in X-Men First Class. She was in Fury Road. Uh, she's got several films in the kind of sci-fi fantasy genre. And uh, she does very well in all of them. Uh, it's impressive. You know, I like her dad uh, as a musician, and she seems to be doing well as an actress. You know, very talented family. Um, very cool. Um, I was a little confused at first uh, when I uh, saw her cast as Lestrange. It's like I seem to remember the Lestranges in the Harry Potter movies being very, very white. Um you know, I was, I was curious how they were going to explain it, and the 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 way they put it into there was fantastic. Uh, good writing. Um, any chance you can get to get Zoe in there? Hey, I'm I'm all for it. She does she does a great job. She's able to convey emotion very well, and I, I think she did well with that part. I kind of wish um, they had not um, killed her character off quite so soon. It would have been nice to see some more with it, but you know, you got to have some stakes, you know, somebody's got to die. Um, eh, eh, I guess I can potentially live with it. So long as they make it mean something, so long as that, so long as it's worthwhile. Um, you've got, uh, Callum Turner as Theseus, um, uh, Cornell John, um, and Jude Law. Oh, Jude Law is Dumbledore. That was a really good choice. I liked Jude Law a lot. And uh, having him be the younger Dumbledore was a fantastic choice. I mean, it's just kind of, uh, he he did really well with that part. And again, it's just somebody that you can, now with him it's a little different, I, I think, uh, a little bit. Uh, just as an actor, he's got, uh, he's somebody that you kind of naturally want to like. Um, so having him be in that role fits. 
But on top of that, he, he did a, just a, a really good job on top of that. And again, being able to hint at a little bit of subtlety, a little bit of uh, uh, subscript, uh, reading between the lines sort of things that, um, that, that was, that was pretty good. They didn't, they didn't address directly the, um, the relationship, uh, between, um, Dumbledore and Grindelwald exactly. I mean, they did, but they didn't. And I kind of understand in a way why they went that route. Maybe, maybe I think I do. Maybe I don't. Um, I don't, I think they could have gone at it a little more directly than they did. Um, I'll just leave it there. I, th- I, th- I think they could have explored it. Maybe they will in the future films, but I, I have my doubts. <clears throat> um, you've got uh, Dan Fogler's Jacob, who, other than Colin Farrell's performance in the previous film, uh, he, in, in my mind, also kind of along with Colin Farrell, really stole that film as well. And it kind of makes sense. He's supposed to be that window into the world. You are the normal person watching the film. He's the one you're going to identify with kind of thing. Um, he's been in quite a bit of stuff in the past. And uh, I have uh, liked his performances in general. Uh, pretty excellent. Um, Allison uh, uh, Sudol as Queenie. Um, now, kind of an interesting note. I did not realize this, but she is a musician uh, in addition to being an actress. And um, she actually had performed musically and written for the show House. Uh, really kind of just an interesting side note. It really has nothing to do with this. But, you know, uh, I watched all of House. I would expect I would have remembered her, but apparently I am uh, addled and uh, <laughs> not not uh, completely with it mentally. I, admittedly, it's been a little while since I've seen the show, but uh, I just I did not remember seeing her. Maybe she didn't have much in the way of screen time, but it's kind of cool that she was part of a show I liked quite a bit. Um, so that was kind of cool, even if I didn't really like what they did with her character in this particular film. But we'll get to that in the plot section. Um, uh, Catherine Waterston as uh, Tina, she reprised her role well. Um, she's very serious, which is a good contrast to the, the quirkiness of Newt and the hilarity of Jacob. Um, she pulls it off well. Uh, if you notice me sniffling a little bit, I'm a little under the weather and I'll apologize for that if it comes through in the recording. Um, so, uh, Claudia Kim as, uh, Nagini, this caused a bit of a stir, uh, for some people in terms of casting just because of, um, of, um, her, um, being, uh, Asian and, well, I'm not going to really get into that, but uh, people have problems with this particular casting. I personally didn't really, uh, at least not yet. Again, I like to give a chance for the plot to develop, a chance for the writer to give the full uh, storyline. I mean, since it's going to be a multi-part uh, movie, a lot of times when you get these segmented sections of the plot you don't get everything so there some of the people that may be having problems with this may not once everything is laid out who knows um 
I'm going to hold my judgment on that until I see more. Now, just from straight up quality of, of what she did with Raw, I think she did fantastic. Um, and it kind of leads to some interesting questions, uh, having uh, Nagini and Credence be kind of linked the way they are, but we'll again get to that in plot. Uh, Ezra Miller uh, going uh, being Credence again. That's such a good casting, too. I like Ezra Miller. Uh, he was kind of the bright spot in the DC uh, universe of movies for me, being The Flash, because I did not like most of the DC movies up to this point. Um, but he's just kind of fun. He's got some decent range. He, uh, yeah, I'm liking what he's what what he's doing with the uh, the character so far. And so basically, all in all, I mean, they already had a super solid cast from the previous film. They tweaked it a little bit going with the second film. You really can't get much better than this particular cast. So out of 20 points, I got to give that an 18. Um, going on to the director, uh, David Yates. Um, he's done several. Uh, uh, Harry Potter films and of course the first uh, Fantastic Beasts film um, in terms of the depth of his experience he doesn't have a lot of other uh, ticks on his directorial uh, resume that I could find other than those Harry Potter uh, thing. he has a couple movies that I haven't seen um, but you know, he did so well on the other movies. Makes sense to have him keep doing it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I I, think that was definitely a smart move. And I like consistency when it comes to a certain quality level. Um, nothing that's, you know, mind-blowing here. Nothing that's really disappointing in instances like that. There's not much to say. I just tend to give it a 15 out of 20 when something like that happens. Uh, happens a lot with directors. <laughs> um and that's kind of where I am. He didn't he didn't do anything that really surprised me uh, in terms of direction. I don't think. Uh, I think he's got a good uh, he's got a good um, link to the actors and the. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think he works well with everybody. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I'm. It seems like it, it works pretty well. Uh, so we're just going to move on to costuming and props. Uh, so. In a film like this, anytime you have a Harry Potter film, there's going to be a lot of fantastical elements, uh, a lot of kind of weirdness to it. When you add on to that, that it's uh, it's a time period piece that takes place uh, uh, before the Second World War, um, it's, it gives you a chance to really have a richness of costumes and props. There wasn't a big... Uh, focus on the wands in in this uh often with harry potter you get a focus on the wands i mean you see the uh you see the uh the big wands that grindelwald has for people that noticed you see the philosopher's stone uh at one point uh you uh see you know uh a lot of really neat props of course newt still has his uh suitcase of of pocket dimension that he takes around with him the uh <laughs> the the stick with the face on it to for controlling the uh the large dragon the chinese dragon creature not controlling but uh playing with the that that creature that was really nice i liked that um a lot of really good props in this and the period costumes are solid 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. I didn't have much to nitpick with. It's a, if there's a nitpick, there's not a lot of vibrant colors. Uh, you had some during the circus scene, but for the most part, it's pretty drab grays, um, grays and browns. That gets a little tiresome after a bit, but it's understandable for what they're trying to do. So I give that a 9 out of 10. Uh, locations. <clears throat> this Now, I never really go into what I mean by locations. A lot of times uh, I, I realize <clears throat> that it can be construed as meaning real-world locations, and that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, it, it can be real world locations, but I'm also talking about the, the stages they put together and the, but more specifically, the locations within the story, the, the variance of places that the plot goes, basically. Um, you get the Ministry of Magic in a couple of different spots. Um, you get, uh, um, basically, um, uh, you know some some cityscapes, the the circus, the uh, when they're hunting down uh, history for for or we should say when Credence is hunting down his own history, uh, you get the 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 little apartment area, you get the crypt area. I didn't feel a lot of variance in terms of location for the most part. Nothing that really stood out to me as being awesome, other than the fact I did like the. Um, the, the French Ministry of Magic and the entrance to it was pretty solid. Um, but it, again, a lot of drabness that just kind of blended in. Um, so it, since it didn't really impress me on that, I'm going to probably give that a 7 out of 10 uh, on locations. Cinematography. Oh, there's so much CGI. I mean, you can't get away from it in this particular film. The CGI was particularly good. The, uh, the kelp monster, the the Chinese dragon, the Nagini transformations, the uh, explosive hillside that was fun at the very end, um, the the magic uh, fights, uh, trying to contain the the fire and everything within the the end sequence, very solid all in all. There were a couple of weird spots though. They went to shaky cam at one point. Again, that will always get minus points in anything that I watch. I hate shaky cam. But uh, uh, when um, uh, Lestrange visits the school, it goes to a kind of a, a first-person camera that gets her from a couple different angles, and it shakes. There is absolutely no reason for that. You cannot give me any sort of a justification. Well, she's in a, a, a precarious uh, emotional state, and we wanted to reflect that in the way that, no, no, leave the camera steady. If you cannot hold it steady, put it on something that is steady. There's no fight going on. There's no chase scene going on. She's sitting still. Get rid of the shaky cam. It's awful. you got to stop doing that. Um, but, you know, for the most part, other than that, the cinematography is pretty good. The CGI is pretty spotless. I didn't notice anything majorly annoying. I would have liked to have seen uh, the pickpocket creature a little bit more because, you know, it's kind of the Groot of the Fantastic Beasts uh, movies, which is nice. So I didn't get a lot of that, but they had a lot of good spots for that. Um, so I'm going to give that a 17 out of 20. Now, um, plot and writing. This is where the film can really shine, but it didn't. <clears throat> um it's not that it did poorly per se, but there are problems. Um, 
it, it's just kind of shaking. I was talking about uh, getting back to the way they handled some of the characters. So first of all, Tina was a prime character in the first film. Kind of felt like she got really secondary status. Didn't get a lot of chance to, to really shine. Uh, you also had uh, Jacob taking a, a kind of a backseat um, just, just kind of, uh, to, he was there, but he wasn't there. Um, also, um, you know, just, uh, again, didn't get a chance to sign, uh, but with, but with Queenie, the choices that she made were not logical. Um, I understand that the, you wanted to get the character to go with the bad guys to kind of have that juxtaposition that, that, um, that kind of uh, strife, but the the choices that she made weren't logical, and they weren't even emotionally logical. It did it didn't without some more exposition, without some more explanation, that made absolutely no sense whatsoever. That was just ridiculous. They didn't develop the Nagini character enough. They gave just a little smidgen of history, and there was nothing there. Credence, again, just. I mean, it ended up being, let's follow Grindelwald around a little bit and see what he does. It's, it was a little weak um, for everything that was going on. Maybe it was just the fact that it was just kind of smattered, uh, not smattered. That's not even a real word, word, but the, the too many things happening in too many different places. Um, it was not, not what I would call the, the best, best way to end things. Um, the bit where Grindelwald uh, questions the loyalty of one of his followers. Will you be with us at the end? Why? That, again, makes no sense. They didn't give any sort of explanation of why he would make a judgment like that. You could say, well, just because he's crazy. No, he's pretty calculating through the whole thing. There's a reason that he has for, for most of the things that he does. There's no reason to kill that dude. Did he know he was a traitor? Did he just not like him? He didn't do anything that made any sense for him to to, to question that. Uh, they needed to explore a lot more of some of the character stuff. Uh, cut out some of the Grindelwald, put more of everybody else in. It that was basically the the, the what was missing for me in the film. And there's more too that I could I definitely nitpicked after the films, and I have my own theories of who Credence really is, and I don't think that he is related to Dumbledore whatsoever. Um, but I'm not going to get into a wild speculation at this point. So I'm going to give that 14 out of 20 coming up with a solid 80 out of hundred score that puts it in uh, B minus territory, which is pretty accurate. It was enjoyable. It wasn't the most amazing thing of all time. It's something I could watch again. Um, and I will likely buy it because that's in my wheelhouse of things that I like. Um, what do you guys think? Let us know. Visit us on our website. We have a forum. We would love to hear your opinions on what you thought of the film. We're also on Facebook. We are on um, Twitter. Follow us. We may have some interesting information. Uh, until next time, we will see you. Mm-hmm.